Alison, you've gone very quiet, which is good because that means I can just say something, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think you may have changed microphone because you sound less clear. So while Alison is sorting out her microphone... Hello everyone and welcome to the very 15th episode of the Octothorpe podcast. This is the episode for the 1st of October 2020. I'm John Coxon. I'm Alison Scott. And I'm Liz Batty. And who'd have thought we'd still be doing this in October? <laughs> yeah. Or that we'd stick to a schedule. Yes, I have retroactively edited our release date so the schedule looks more coherent than it actually was. But don't tell anyone. It was pretty coherent. Yeah, we've been doing, I think we've been doing pretty well. Uh, coming out on a Wednesday or Thursday um, every other week. So that is nice. We we have had an a debatable plethora of locks because roughly half of the locks were to chime in on whether or not it was acceptable to use the word plethora. So um yes, let's let's do them in um some sort of order. So the first lock was from um well actually no, so the first lock was from Claire Briley and she wrote us about episode 13. But we got the episode, we got the letter of comments after we had recorded episode 14. Claire does not think it's a good idea to introduce virtual ribbons to online conventions. I suspect this is because she dislikes ribbons in all their forms, except possibly on presents. Yeah, I think if you like ribbons, the idea of virtual ribbons is great. If you think ribbons are already an abomination, then I can't see a virtual ribbon is going to convince you, although it probably is better for the environment. I guess so. Yeah, I would assume so, probably. Not that I think ribbons are a major cause of, you know, environmental damage. That's fair. We haven't, here at the Octothorpe Podcast, we have not commissioned any research into the environmental impact of ribbons. Also in Claire's lock on episode 13, she says, I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe would be improved if some scenes were replaced by a caption card stating five to ten minutes of implausible fighting ensued. And, And I wanted to read this out because a i have watched multiple marvel cinematic universe movies since um our last episode but also i too am now in the habit of sitting in my living room going this is boring now isn't it is it boring steven is this boring and steven going it depends if you like that sort of thing there's no car chases dr strange so this is what substitutes for a car chase in this one great i go that's still very tedious could we just get on to the character development bit and and have i just watched a, a female character dying in order to further the character development of a man oh probably should they really be doing that sort of thing probably not god these movies are terrible when are we watching the next one But if the fight scenes were shorter, I wouldn't have time to think about how bad the movies were until after I'd finished watching them. What I would like, Alison, is um, you and Liz are both aware that I've started my own Arkham Horror podcast on the side. I would like you to start a podcast, which is you recording Alison and Steve commentaries of MCU films that I could sync up the audio to the film and listen to it as if I was as watching with you, because I think that would be quite funny. I think it would make lots of people very angry. Um, so, yes. Oh, God, I could have done a good one for Doctor Strange. Stephen was like, oh, um, so you thought that Tony Stark was a bit of a git. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the emotional journey, Alison. He says it's a less of a bit of a git. And then, there's, and then there's a white lady playing an Asian lady, but she's not Asian, so it's fine. This attracted some criticism at the time. <laughs> I would argue that one of the things that makes the better MCU films better is that they use their fight scenes uh, in a way as to further character development and often do kind of intelligent and slightly, how to put it, they often do fight scenes which go just a bit beyond we've got two guys in robot suits and they're going to punch each other. So I would say like, I really like Captain America The Wind Soldier which I think uses its fight scenes basically to do the emotional development between Captain America and the Winter Soldier, or Thor Ragnarok, where you get Thor and he meets the Hulk, or a lot of the ones in Black Panther. Whereas the ones in sort of like, I'd say Iron Man 2, which is somewhere down at the bottom of the the MCU rankings, has some really boring fight scenes. And it's just like guys shooting each other with their giant robot suits. 
Okay, so the other thing I wanted to say about Doctor Strange, I, this none of this might go in the podcast. I may have to do a different <laughs> MCU podcast. Is that when I was a teenager, I lived in America, and in every um, shopping mall in America, there was a shop called Spencer Gifts, and the back and the final third of the shop um, of Spencer Gifts was a blacklight room, which was full of blacklight posters, which I thought was just about the most amazing place on earth when I was 13. And anyway, the final third of, of Doctor Strange, this might be a spoiler, is like the back end of Spencer Gifts in 1979. Um, almost exactly. My main comment on Iron Man 2 is that Iron Man 2 has one of the best villains in the MCU, which is um, Sam Rockwell's portrayal of Hammer. And I love him. And it also has one of the most boring villains in the MCU, which is uh, Mickey Rourke's um, portrayal of whatever his name is. And it's a real shame. Slappy guy. Whiplash. Slappy guy. That's the guy. And like... (laughs) It's a real shame because I think Iron Man 2, if it had focused way more on the Tony Stark, Sam Rockwell thing, would have been mm, so good because I love Sam Rockwell. I love him in that role. But just a good third of the movie is a tedious Russian man. And it's like. I feel eh. like Iron Man 2 pulled its punches. The, the final line of the movie, um, this is probably a spoiler. Yes, the final line of a movie does tend to be a spoiler. Is somebody saying. Isn't it amazing how annoying a little prick can be? <laughs> and and if you actually take that as the text for the movie, that, that Iron Man 2 is a film which Stark does not get a redemptive arc, he is in fact completely appalling from the beginning to the end of it, despite the fact that he's nominally the hero. And And Sam Rockwell, as you say, has quite a nuanced role despite the fact that he is clearly intended to be the villain these are both scare quotes things and clearly they there was a much cleverer film in there trying to get out but eventually someone went oh no no you you have to sympathize with tony stark i don't sympathize with tony stark i feel that tony stark really needs a slap and anyway no doubt iron man 3 will convince me but i am not i am not persuaded Iron Man 3 is a very, very different movie. And anyway, Doctor Strange, also a git, um, also gets his character development through the death of women, which really pisses me off here in 2020 or whenever it was produced, 2016, already a trope they should not be using. Okay, so I've got two comments. Firstly, Iron Man 2, I sympathise with Tony Stark. He's dying and he's sad about it. Like, he is a git, but he's lashing out because he is dying. Like, I know seem many people to me. who have known that they were dying and who were sad about it and who in fact were in fact dying rather than it, that merely being yet another plot point and who nevertheless were honourable, noble. Look at Martin Bennett who permanently improved but the state is, of British folk music I, after I he discovered this... he was dying. You know... Because if you're dying, you might make decisions which are shitty and I quite liked sympathising with a character who makes some shitty situations I quite like a film about a character who is in a shitty situation and makes shitty decisions, even though you sympathise with him. I thought that was well done. I've never... Ah, yes. Ah, I see what the problem here is. I sympathised like with a bit with the fact that he was dying, but I didn't sympathise with him because he's a tosser. But I don't think... Yes. I think when you are angry, you have made shitty decisions, that, and I still like you and sympathise <laughs> with you. So I think in general, it is okay that I can view characters in films and sympathise with them even when they're making shitty decisions. Um, Shall- and I, I'm not saying he covers himself in glory, but I still like... Yeah. Shall we move on to Claire's second letter? Yes. I can will... I say about the third Marvel movie I've watched first, which was Captain Marvel? No, you didn't put any of this in the show notes. You can put it in the show notes, Alison, and then we might let you talk about it. But till then, <laughs> can see yourself get, on notice. You can have one minute on Captain Marvel, which is, I would quite like Marvel to make a movie where a woman is the lead character and we don't have the origin story for a man and the man stealing all the scenes, please. I don't know who you mean, but I really, I don't, I didn't really think any men did steal the, like, I don't understand how a man Oh, okay, so Captain Marvel is the origin story of Nick Fury, and Nick Fury gets all the good lines and the good scenes. And you haven't noticed that because you're a man. No, I think I didn't notice that because I really like Brie Larson. I think you might not have noticed it because you don't like women enough, Alison. Did you consider that? Speechlessness! Oh, no, I really did like, um, I like Black Widow in Our Man 2. She was, in fact, the only good thing about Our Man 2. 
That is true. That is true. Yeah. And I like Gwyneth Paltrow in Armad too. She was good too. So two good characters who in fact talk to each other, which is more than we can say for Doctor Strange, where the female characters only only interact when one of them's comatose. Anyway, uh, where were we? I'm literally playing with fire. So, uh... Excellent. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, enough about that. This is why we should have a bit of time to faff about before we do whatever the important thing of the week was. But clearly, um, that was all follow-up on letters, because Claire mentioned the MCU. Yes, yes. Seamless it was. That was follow-up on the first letter. We have, like, six more letters. (laughs) Fuck. Okay. All right. So... Mark Plummer wrote in to say that he may be wrong, but it's his impression that the language shift on Plethora might be further along than Alison thinks. Um, And he says, although he accepts that arguing for the excess definition doesn't feel as pedantic as, say, insisting decimate still means one in ten. And he he encourages Alison to argue that Fanish podcasts should be recorded on Twiltone. And I don't know what Twiltone is. Oh, that's quite funny. If it was recorded on Twiltone, to be fair, it would be a fancy, not a podcast. Twiltone is that kind of rather fluffy paper that you print um, duplicate onto because it takes duplicator ink very nicely. Oh, okay. Though I'll grant you that Twiltone does sound like a recording technique rather than a paper stock. I assumed... I assumed it was like something to do with audio. So I read it yeah. as if he was re- encouraging us to use wax cylinders or something. But no, mm. fair enough. Um, he also wrote a Clarihue. Um, oh, yes. Do you want to read the Clarihue, Alison? Because it is about you. Alison Scott's erudition does not enslave her to tradition, but John's misuse of the word plethora will be the death of her. I liked that. I thought it was good. I'm glad that we got the poetry back this episode. He also talks a little bit about Eastcon and Novacon, but I suspect we will talk about both of those things later in the episode. Claire Briley says, too many courgettes is any number of courgettes, because she doesn't like courgettes. She says other things in her lock, um, but that was my main takeaway. Your main takeaway was courgettes? Because that, generally speaking, I go for like chicken tikka masala or something much more tasty. ha ha ha! Uh, listener, you merely have to listen to it. I have to experience it. Liz. I, I am bewildered by this dislike of courgettes because I love courgettes and courgettes are actually quite hard to find in Thailand. And I'm very sad that I can't eat courgettes all the time. So I would encourage people to send me courgettes, but that's clearly not going to work either. Um, I, I actually, I did think, oh, I could post some courgettes to Liz and then <laughs> realise that that was an absolutely terrible idea. No, this would be even worse than posting Weetabix. I like courgettes. Oh, there is also a there's a poetry. And Claire also says, can we please have more of Liz's nature notes, comedy bleeping included? She says she's not sure she should comment on John's bedtime tones, though. The bit I personally liked in, in, in Claire's letter was the bit where she says, I haven't been to Alison's not very big house, only the five bedroom one in a London. okay (laughs) yeah i I also really liked that speaking (laughs) as a man with i would i would characterize my house as a two and a half bedroom house um i would i would say that in my defense the rooms are remarkably small for reasons and it's only the only way you could describe my house as inner London is if you live in Croydon. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired, Claire. Shots fired. <laughs> this will become one of the great Fanish feuds. Because <laughs> um, it's nowhere near inner London. Um, so she does, she does write. She writes a poem. Time for Poetry Corner. This isn't prose. Perhaps it makes it better. At least it's all an email, not a letter. Discussing podcasts makes you rather meta. And less is more, so let's not get courgetta. Thank you, Claire. I like I like the commitment to the A rhyming scheme. B is for cowards. <laughs> we have a letter of comment from Alison Scott in which she replies have to we? a letter of comment from Lillian, in which Lillian replies to a letter from Alison, in which... Alison says to Lillian that the tweet she sent us didn't have anything in it. But if you click the tweet, you get a screenshot. And the screenshot says that, that Zoom's going to let you select your own breakout rooms. 
So thank you to listeners Alison and Lillian for that. For sending us a screenshot explaining something we mentioned in the last podcast. Yeah. No, I'm... <laughs> I, I Alice wasn't just, sure Alice that is just making was a necessary face. to mention. Well, I've mentioned it, Alison. It's all content. You can Hashtag <laughs> content. Yeah, and I was going to rant about the MCU for 25 minutes without drawing breath. You didn't like that content, did you? <laughs> you said start your own f***ing podcast <laughs> if you want to talk about the MCU. I mean, I'd subscribe. That's all I'm saying. What he actually said was that I should start a podcast where I... Where Stephen and I do commentary on the MCU as we're watching the movies. But if we did that, then I would talk for two hours and five minutes and Stephen would say nothing. So it wouldn't be much of a podcast, would it? Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, so Mark sent us a second lot and it contains a joke. And I'm going to read the joke for your listening pleasure. A man goes up to a grieving widow at a funeral. He explains that he was an old school friend of the deceased. And if it's OK, he'd like to say a word at the funeral. The widow says, yes, that would be that would be lovely. Thank you. So the funeral comes and the man goes up and uh, stands in front of the assembled and says, plethora. And he walks back to his seat. And as he goes, the widow catches him on the shoulder and says, thanks. That means a lot. The stunned silence reflects the quality of the joke. I did laugh the first time I heard it, to be fair. Oh, yes, me too. I liked it a lot. Which was not when Mark sent it, but, you know, it's fine. It's a very topical joke. I laughed the second time I read it when I got the joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must admit that because of the way Mark formatted the email, it took me a couple of seconds to realise that the third paragraph of the email was not a continuation <laughs> of the joke. And that forced me to go back and look more carefully for a punchline, which when I found out, I very much enjoyed. Um, the um, He also says that um, Steve... And I'm very sorry if I pronounced the surname wrong. Snide? Snide, I think. Snide. Steve, Steve Snide, who was a champion of poetry in SF and fandom. Um, he thinks he would have approved of the fact that we have a poetry corner in our podcast. So, uh, yes, we are continuing fanish traditions. And then we have one We have one further letter of comment in which, um, after Claire's mention of my bedtime tones... Bridget Bradshaw writes in to say that she has been very much enjoying the multitude of sounds and bings and sexy johns with which we end the podcast. And this may be spile a lot. So thank you very much, Bridget. I think this is almost John fan mail. I'm not opposed. <laughs> you really need to be able to see Alison's face to work out why I'm laughing. Right. Name of your sex uh, tape? I, 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 that did sound worryingly close to being a solicitation of sexy fan mail which seems like a terrible idea yes. as emails if, to the if Octopore. sexy people want to write to us and ask me to say sexy things i am not none, none of that seems un, unwise to me that seems fine okay so i get 14 emails of that kind every day but luckily my <laughs> email program tends to filter them out without me seeing them well yes i should say i should say sexy people who actually exist rather than <laughs> fake spam sexy people who i also receive multiple like it, mostly instagram and facebook requests rather than emails um but yes it's very strange i assume they make money but i don't know how don't really want to know how let's move on so Last episode, we talked a little bit about EasterCon and what we thought they might be doing um, in the next few months to talk about going online. Uh, in the interim, as is tradition when we're talking about what EasterCon might need to do in reaction to the pandemic, um, the government made some announcements about the pandemic that make it look even less likely that a physical EasterCon will be able to happen next year. Um, the rule of six looks likely to extend into, I think, March 2021. Um, and that's assuming that it doesn't get worse, which has not been ruled out. Um, so the EasterCon, uh, the EasterCon did tweet to say that they are aware and are thinking about kind of the online things they're going to have to do. So it sounds to me like they are planning to go online. Uh, I should confess that I fomented that tweet <laughs> by following our discussion i wrote a little snip about um 
so you know if you happen to still be thinking there's going to be an easter con then you should probably stop thinking that and um and vanessa um suggested that i was creating tempests in teapots she's a pot stirrer she stirs the pot which incidentally is the name of alison's live shakespeare troupe they perform in a variety of tea rooms i i thought it was going to be the name of my podcast commenting in real time on every marvel cinematic universe movie <laughs> now nah, there's got to be a better word with it ah spider-man on the sofa i don't know <laughs> but that makes it sound like you're sitting on fran okay so no, this is not going in the right direction at all john <laughs> uh no okay so yes we are um we are more reassured, or well, I speak fast. I am more reassured than I was last week that EasterCon is kind of actively thinking about what's going to happen um, in in the future. Um, I would still like to see a little bit more concrete information, but I am kind of glad that they are heading in the right directions. I'm 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 glad to see they said something, but it is notably devoid of any concrete timescales or anything beyond we are paying attention and i think if you're running a convention <clears throat> i would hope that you are paying attention i'm not so pessimistic as to think it will still be rule of six by EasterCon time but there is a vast void between you can only have six people in one place and you can have 500 in one place and i don't think we're going to get there by april I, I i should say that the rule of six um which is still being widely misinterpreted does apply to private gatherings and there are all sorts of circumstances in which more than six people can gather and um, they just can't mingle the problem with easter cons is that easter cons are for me all about the mingling um but luckily novacon having anticipated this announced that they weren't going to run in physical form and they weren't planning to do anything online either back in july which left a healthy lacuna that could be filled by somebody else and i was wondering whether anybody knew of anything that was happening to fill that void in the novacon weekend john and liz i have to bring you up here because according to my quick google a lacuna means <clears throat> a cavity or depression in bone and i just want to know in which sense july is a bone this is our age allison I'm going to make this into a regular feature where I use obviously wrong interpretations of the words you're using in order to be faux pedantic. And I think it could go down either very well or very poorly with our listenership. Um, (laughs) So write in. I thought that was quite funny, I have to say. (laughs) Good, good. No, yes, they did. They left a... And I will help you by using a wide spread of English words as befits somebody (laughs) with a basically educated vocabulary. (laughs) <laughs> how how very dare you milady uh would you say that you're going to use a plethora of words no just the right number boo i want you to use too many um well so... no i certainly am going to use too many words but not necessarily too many erudite words i've got to go inside because it's got dark so liz is leaving Right. Sorry, I'll be back in a minute. So Liz has gone inside. She has gone from being on an excellent holiday outside in Thailand to an excellent holiday inside in Thailand, which is still a far cry from me and Alison's not holidays in Southampton and Walthamstow, respectively. I I was going to have a staycation where we, because I am on holiday this week, where we went to exciting places for the day. But I think we've concluded that we're in fact going to have a nestcation where we sit on the sofa and catch up with the MCU. I am also, I am currently on leave um, and I have been doing, well, I've been doing con running. Oh, so what convention have you been running, John? We'll get there eventually, won't we? We will, yeah. Sorry, I should have turned the video off for that bit while I wandered around. But uh, yes, I had to come inside because I forgot it gets dark. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Did you forget about night time or like go into this a little I, bit more? I, I think this probably means that it gets dark on holiday where they have limited amounts of power in a fantastic rural retreat. Isn't that right, Liz? No, it's more that I forgot that it when it starts to get dark, it goes dark quite quickly. Like... Because we are much nearer the equator, <clears throat> um, mm. I always forget how quickly it gets dark, basically. 
I'm used to this sort yeah, of like long, fair. slow evening, and actually, doesn't as soon as it starts getting dark, it gets dark. Also, it started raining again, which is why it was getting dark. It turns out. So. Excellent. So you're saying it's dark, cold, and wet? I didn't say it was cold. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just going. Ha, you could be in Walthamstow. <laughs> Come to Walthamstow. Walthamstow's great for holidays. Oh God. <laughs> oh dear. The sadness <laughs> with which you said that, Alison. Uh, I I, I did actually read a useful thing that said essentially the reason you're all really miserable is because you've you're six months into this change in the way we live now and that's a point at which humans have to go through an adjustment phase where they move from going oh this is a short-term thing we will get through into being a long-term thing that we have to change the way we think about things to accommodate and you're all struggling with that at the moment and I went well that makes sense um, that would explain why I'm so incredibly grumpy all the time at the moment. I had um, I had the adjustment yesterday. I realised that waiting for the world to get back to normal before I decided to start oiling and cleaning and riding my bike again would mean that by the time that happened, my bike would have been fully consigned to the scrap heap. So yesterday I cleaned and oiled and rode my bike just for the purposes of making sure my bike worked. And I have set a reminder to do that every month. And that was my kind of concession to the fact that this is this is how it is now. Which, you know, is fun. Octothorpe, come for the witty banter, stay for the depressing COVID talk. Yeah, so what are we doing to stay sane during the apocalypse, boys and girls? Well, I was I was quite enjoying... The thing I was doing was to keep nearly announcing that we're running a convention and then not quite announcing it. And I was having quite a lot of fun with that. We could probably do that some more, but, but only <laughs> until the end of the podcast, right? That's the thing. We should probably, at some point, announce that we're announcing a convention. Are we announcing a convention, John? Yes, we're going to run a convention. Me and Liz and Alison and Steve Davis are going to run a convention called Punctuation. And it is going to be the Novacon weekend, which for those who don't know, is the 13th to the 15th of November 2020. It is going to be a GMT friendly convention, um, but people from around the world are more than welcome to join us at the points in which GMT overlies, overlaps. Which is all of them, really, because, I mean, we're not saying you can't get drunk and stay up all night and then have your breakfast at six o'clock in the morning. That's true. We would never say that. I feel very confident. We are saying we won't provide you with that breakfast, so you might want to make other arrangements. Yes. Um, But yes, so this is our... um, So the eagle-eared listener may have noticed last week that we did more than usual talking about if we ran a convention, how would we do it? as opposed to simply talking about how other people do it. And that was because we were already beginning to ruminate on this um, this convention we are running, and we are now ready to announce it and um, let people know that it's happening and to reserve the weekend. At the time of recording, we are not ready to take payments. Um, it's going to be a fiver. The fiver is basically to cover our costs, um, which are sort of not huge but more than we'd like to do out of our own pockets um any profit we make will be split evenly between the league of fan funds and a charitable cause which will probably be decided um by a vote from our members we will select some charities we like and then we'll let people um have some input as to which one they think should benefit um yes so how are you two feeling about running a convention I'm very excited about running a convention. I think one of the big things about adapting to the world we now live is to stop saying, ah, when everything gets back to normal, we'll have conventions again and start saying, we're going to have conventions again. They're online. And um, there are a lot of conventions online already, but they've all been slightly not quite right for me because they have been what I think of as programme first conventions, where the idea is to have a fantastic programme and what I want is to have a social first convention where the idea is to have a fantastic bar. Um, you'll have to bring your own beer or, or drink of your choice. Yes. So so punctuation is a, a social first convention. Liz, do you want to talk about um, it? Nailed that. <coughs> Tightly your sex tape. So my feeling is apparently... Uh, if all my friends uh, decided to join a convention, apparently I would join them in running a convention. No, that doesn't make sense because I said the wrong word. 
What I mean is, you know how some people said, you know, if all your friends jumped off a cliff, would you also jump off a cliff? <laughs> and it's basically this, but for con running, which is when I and John are like, yeah, let's run a convention. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Because otherwise we're going to spend all of what's up talking about this convention anyway. So I may as well help. Um, and also because I am that person who sees a convention and I'm like, oh, maybe they're doing that wrong and I can complain about it. And in this way, I don't complain about it. I actually do something about it. <laughs> is that positive enough? The, my favourite joke, which I've seen um, this last two weeks is, if all your friends were jumped off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff too? Machine learning algorithm. Yeah, yes, yes, I would jump off the cliff. <laughs> anyway, might just be me. Apparently that wasn't funny either. I'm sorry. I quite liked it. But yeah, that, that's basically it. It's like, well, you're going to do this anyway. So I can either join in or I can uh, watch the sidelines. I thought, well, why not? Yeah, no, we do. It's a small British SF convention, which means it's going to have um, some serious programming and some not so serious programming. And it is going to be more serious earlier in the day and less serious later in the day. And we are going to encourage you to do some things that are not just... Um, sitting on your arse for 48 hours at a convention so we need to we haven't quite worked out what those will be but but we will we want you to move around a bit as well so that you don't feel that you are turning into slughood whilst also attending the convention um but obviously you won't actually be meeting up because we're not allowed to do that um and we very much want all of your help to tell us what we should be doing um you can write to us there's an email address which will be in the show notes but i think it's punctuationcon at gmail.com um and we have a website and we have a facebook page and we have a twitter page and as i think john said it will be a fiver we think that's going to cover our costs um it rather depends because if 20 of you sign up it probably won't but if a thousand of you sign up it definitely will <laughs> um yes we'll have, we're assuming we'll that our final membership will be somewhere between 20 and 1000 um but we haven't <laughs> gotten any more detailed forecasting than that so Join up. Tell us how much we're we're looking at. I mean, to be fair, our costs are relatively fixed. Um, so yes. Um, yeah. I th- John has not run a convention before, and and so he is saying things like our costs are, are relatively fixed. And I have run conventions before, and I am saying things like it would be on the whole better to underestimate the amount we need so that we have some room for error rather than over uh, sorry overestimate the well, it would be better to leave some slack in the budget so that there is some space to do things because in general you have costs you aren't expecting when you start these things like any other yeah. project and given this is a virtual convention and none of us have run a virtual convention before we may not even be able to take an accurate guess of what things we will need to pay for that we forgot we might have to pay for the opening ceremony for the convention will occur on the evening of the Friday. Um, I don't think we've nailed down a specific time, but I'd expect it to be six o'clock or seven o'clock or, or something like that. An appropriate time to get in your takeaway and crack open your first beer, that kind of thing. Um, but there won't be any formal programming on the Friday except for the opening ceremony. It will be social spaces, hanging out and establishing our hangovers for the Saturday program. And then Saturday we'll have and Sunday we'll have two blocks of program and two blocks of social time um so it'll be program social program social through the day the earlier block of program will be more serious programming and the later block of program will probably tend toward silly drunken programming uh in the grand tradition of british conventions um we have got permission from the novacon committee to use their weekend um but we are not affiliated with novacon and we are also not affiliated with well Liz and I are not affiliated with Plockter, and Steve and Alison are one-third of Plockter, respectively. It depends how you count. That's that's actually... I, I think just kind of saying... I think probably saying... It's probably best not to mention Plockter, really, because we're kind of not saying that it's anything like... Listener, if you could please ignore the fact we mentioned Plockter, <laughs> we would appreciate it. <laughs> oh, and Sue Mason is drawing us art. That's our other link with Plockter, is that we have a fantastic logo, which we will put in the show notes that is based on art from sue yes we will we will we will sort of put it in the show notes because we will put a link to the convention website in the show notes and everyone will click it and they will be able to see the fantastic art of sue mason and it is really beautiful can you put chapter headings in our with actual art in our podcast john 
because I know possibly. that some podcasts do this and you could definitely have the art in that. Well, you not only do you know that some podcasts do it, but I think you know that our podcast does it. <laughs> I think I know that we have done it. Oh, good. Do we do it every time? Um, whenever it's funny. Okay, so so I've got this thing that I listen to podcasts rather than looking at them. I don't know if this is normal. (laughs) When I look at something, I tend to think it's like a vlog. (laughs) Well, fair enough. Or a Um, television show or or an MCU movie or something of that kind. But I do understand that some people like pictures in their podcasts. Yes, well, it's good. Um, So, yeah, so we're going to be running it on um, Discord and Zoom um so the um kind of the backbone of the convention and and the kind of um social spaces between the parties the room parties or the zoom parties will be occurring on discord uh when you pay your five pounds you will be sent a link to the discord server and you can hop on and join the masses and that will be available as a sort of text medium uh before the convention starts and then when the convention starts properly um we'll really get swinging um and links to the panels and stuff will be posted on the discord um and they the panels will be happening on zoom there'll be zoom parties a bit like the first thursday meetings or the sheffield third sunday meetings um and so there will be zoom stuff happening and we will also probably be experimenting with some of the other social tools we mentioned a little bit in our last episode um so or maybe it was the episode before um what is time we might experiment with some of those before the convention so we can see which ones work. Yes. And if you join early, you might be invited to help us. Um, if you are listening to this going, ooh, I'm not sure about Discord. I haven't tried Discord. I, I, it's another thing to do. Um, I think one of the things that your Fiverr will get you is some um, is some technical support to get onto Discord because it's not very complicated. And I think do want everybody to join the discord if at all possible and we're not quite sure how we're going to sort it out for people who don't so you know i will also say that if you are thinking all oh, this sounds good but i really can't afford a fiver at the moment then just drop us an email and we will sort it out it's, it's to recoup our costs we don't want it to be a barrier to entry for people who really can't do that but it, it just helps us cover the zoom yeah, that we are we are not planning to spend a lot of money implementing a financial gateway that means that people who haven't paid can't access the convention. We are planning to use the very traditional English gateway of Oi mate, you appear to be in the bar but you're not on this list I've got here. Where's your fiver then? Um Yeah, and I think I am in general looking forward to we 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 we've had we've had um Liz so Liz is, as regular <laughs> listeners will be aware, and people who have paid attention in the uh, previous however many minutes of this episode will be aware, Liz is oftentimes in Thailand. And what this means is that when Alison and Steve and I um, spend an evening drinking beer and brainstorming program ideas, Liz wakes up and says, aha, I see that the silly program ideas have been well considered. Um, <laughs> and we are also going to have some serious ones, which is going to be good. I thought of at least two serious ones and that, you know, they'll be they'll be brilliant. So, yeah, that's the coxing guarantee. The things I think of will be brilliant. Yeah, I am quite looking forward to uh, working out what we can try that hasn't been tried before. Certainly in terms of social space. Um, so we got Zoom, but maybe trying to make sure Zoom is a sort of friendly and welcoming experience for everyone at our parties and social spaces i'm not quite sure how we integrate that with discord but we'll have a go um i think alison is definitely keen to try out some non-zoom things and see if we can find ones that work in a more organic way than sticking people in zoom breakout rooms but i'm also quite keen to think of ways we could do program which is not just you watch five talking heads on a Zoom window and send us some, you know, text message questions. So if anyone has any great ideas for exciting program formats or exciting program items they think they would like to have a go at in a virtual way, let us know. Uh, and we're going to be thinking about it quite a lot. That's kind of what we're doing at the moment. When we're not on here, we are busily running our convention 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as the internet now provides. 
Yes, except for when I'm in the garden with my cats or playing a board game, and except for when Liz is drinking coconut rum on a beach, and except for when Alison is shouting at MCU movies instead of recording a podcast about them. Note that I didn't say we weren't running it in our sleep, because that would be disingenuous and untrue. Honestly, what we should do is that Lillian and I should watch, do a close rewatch of the MCU <laughs> movies whilst commenting on them. Okay, and literally, John, I'll only do that if you agree to edit it. <laughs> no, the beautiful thing with this kind of podcast, Alison, is that you don't have to edit it. Why do you think I'm doing my Arkham Horror play? It takes me three seconds to put on this. It's glorious. Um, this episode also serves as a challenge to the hosts of the This Never Happens podcast. We challenge you to some sort of panel or parlor game, to be played at punctuation, to be emceed by someone who we have not yet picked, but will certainly give us an unfair advantage. Do you dare to challenge us? This never happens. I hope they say yes. It'll be really funny. I also hope they listen to this episode. <laughs> Otherwise, that's going to fall completely flat. <laughs> Somebody will tell them about it. If you listen to This Never Happens, please send them a letter <laughs> of comment asking if they have listened to this episode of Octothorpe. Let's properly, let's properly militarise our listenership and uh, get this going. You know what? I could actually do that before our episode comes out. <laughs> no. Seeing as I think so far they're the only person who has complained to us that, we've, that, they, that we didn't mention one of their letters... Because at the point where we... They hadn't actually sent it at the point where we recorded the following episode. But yes, no, we think it would be good. We think it would be good to have some sort of parlour or panel game, which is us versus This Never Happens. And we think that could be good. Um, so yes, hopefully we will be able to make that happen. Um, we will see. Suggestions for appropriate games we could play are welcome. Um, I have the excuse that if it turns out to be an inconvenient time zone for me, I will just duck out and make some kind of stunt person place me. It will be it will be good. It will be an appropriate selected person. What else? Have we got anything else to say? No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay. We're more, we're further along than the people planning the virtual. <laughs> God, <laughs> I'm not. Oh God! <laughs> Why do you say these things? It give me an editing nightmare. <laughs> Because they're funny. I I'm bleeping it, Alison. Bleeping it. But yes, no, it will it will be good. We're looking forward to it. Thirteenth to fifteenth of November, be there. We hope to see you all and a lot of your friends as well and tell everyone you know. Anyway, and thanks very much again to Novacon for cancelling nice and early because we have although it looks like we're announcing this at the last minute, we have actually been working on this for a little while. We've been thinking about it for some time. Yeah, so I mean thank you to Novacon for for cancelling in in time. Uh, you know, for, thank you to Novacon for cancelling in time and saying quite clearly we're not going to do anything on that weekend, which meant we could say okay, uh, this is a time when maybe a lot of people are feeling like they'd normally like a weekend of discussing science fiction and hanging out with their mates in a bar. And Novacon's in that sort of cold, dark bit of winter when it's not Christmas yet. And so maybe you need something to kind of get you through the darkest bit of the winter. And we could be that. Except it won't be dark or cold here. But anyway. You'll cope, Liz. Somehow I will cope with the 30 degree temperatures. It won't be quite like Novacon, though. If anyone would like to come along, please go to the website and either clicking the join button will take you to a place where you can give us a fiver or clicking the join button will take you to a place where you can put your email address in and be notified when you can give us a fiver. Uh, if you have any ideas uh, for things you'd like to see that would make punctuation feel a bit more like going to a Novacon or a Ploctocon or an Eastercon or all that kind of uh, British convention experience, please drop us a line. We're curious to know what people have been missing from the UK convention scene. And um, yeah, we're keen to involve the community as much as we can in the style of the great fan run conventions. Oh, should I talk about the t-shirts? Uh, given that Alison is involved, there will certainly be t-shirts. Yeah, there'll be a T-shirt with our lovely logo on it, I think. Um, there'll probably be a link to that in the show notes if I get my act together by Thursday, which I might not because I'm having the week off, but, you know, probably will do. Should be able to manage that. You will have to provide your own mushrooms, I'm afraid. 
Yeah, we could have like a breakfast workshop, couldn't we? We could just have a bring your fry up where you will, you know, bring your fry ups and we argue about whether they should include hash browns or not. <laughs> it's a generational thing. Oh, we could have like, we could have like social space at breakfast where, although Zoom generally is choose your own breakout rooms, we're going to say you're not allowed to have more than four of you in any of them and you have to find some knives and forks from another table and the hotel will randomly put you with people that might not be who you decided you wanted to have breakfast with and then you'll be able to see the next table where somebody much more interesting is having breakfast or you'll be having a hangover and you will nevertheless be having your hangover in the company of Sven the Unvariably Cheerful in the Morning who plonks themselves down at your table and is full of beans. So first off, that will be me because by the time everyone in the UK gets up with a hangover, I will have been awake for six hours and drunk a lot of coffee. And two, can we replicate that experience of being able to see that the hotel have decided on site whether you are Fanish or not and therefore directed you to the nice breakfast buffet or the slightly shitter breakfast buffet? Sorry, I said shit. Can't say that, can I? You can bleep that. The slightly less good breakfast buffet. I mean, or it's possible that some of you will be the sort of people whose breakfast is excellent and who will naturally be sitting down to a plate of a delicious, freshly cooked full English. And others of us will be um, trying to find out if we've got any cornflakes that aren't slightly mouldy. So there is a cafe near to my house and they do fry-ups to go. And for the princely sum of £12, you can get two fry-ups with black puddings and mushrooms and bacon and sausages and toast and hash browns and beans and tomato. And it is good. Oh, that sounds amazing. And on the south coast as well, which is... Oh, okay. So in Epping Forest, and I know that some of the people who listen to this podcast already know this, there is a hut called the Log Cabin that serves food and drink almost all the time. I think they might be 24 hours a day most of the time. And at the point where lockdown happened, they seamlessly switched to um, Just Eat or Deliveroo or something like that, or Uber Eats, and, and they will send massive baguettes full of full of eggs and bacon and sausage round to your house. And I haven't done this, but I think I'm actually going to, and in fact, I'm going to encourage everybody to, on punctuation weekend, have their breakfast delivered, because I think that's very cool. And it won't cost you anything like as much as going to a convention would. And we can all see what people's breakfasts that are delivered are like, and that would be good. Upside to the convention basically starting about 4pm is that I will be able to go out and have a nice brunch before we start. No, this is something because I, w- I went to a convention that started 9am US time and it is kind of nice to have the morning just sort of puttering about and doing chores and then settle in for a, a day of convention. So yeah, it does. It works quite well. Yeah, although I'd clearly be sleeping off the hangover. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you something that has happened, which is the great leapfrog. Um which is that Smofcon Smofcon 2020 is now Smofcon 2022 and Smofcon 2021 is continuing as planned in Lisbon. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Are you looking puzzled at me? So the idea was that 2021 don't want to go later because they're all going to be busy running Glasgow in 2024, but 2020 can't happen. So basically the 2022 bids agreed to stand aside and let 2020 hop into 2022 and then 2021 don't have to move so they can't just all push back a year it's got to be a, a hop over uh right so yes so smofcon makes sense do we think that smofcon in 2021 will run yeah um i did think it was a bit of a stretch i mean i'm, I'm kind of like how do i feel about eastercon 2022 at this point so smofcon 2021 for listeners will be running uh, on my birthday, so December 2021, for those who don't know when I was born. I think this is all of this is why I feel that I kind of want to start creating the new world we're living in rather than hankering after the old one. I think Smofcon might run because 2021, we're talking about December, so late 2021. 
it seems plausible to me that you could run a smoff a European smoffcon is likely to be I would say 100 to 150 people and you may not get as many um North American visitors as usual but I think you might be able to have people traveling within Europe for smallish gatherings like that in 2021 yeah, I mean, I think I think my 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 gut feeling is that if things are as they are now, it's unlikely to go well. If things get better over the next year and a half, um, then it might be more likely to work. I am, I think, uh, basically for the next year, I'm sceptical, but I I do think eventually. I just thought it was interesting that I thought that the way that Smofcon had handled this was starting to think through. It was an it was an alternative that wasn't just cancelling everything forever, right? It was saying there are other ways to do it that are not just bouncing the whole of our lives forward for a year. But it was still essentially going, oh well, we're not going to run the convention, which, which I thought was interesting. That was the fifteenth episode of the Octothought podcast, and for now, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from me. The theme music for this episode was Fanfare for Space by Kevin MacLeod at Incompetech.com, used under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. That makes sense, John. You look puzzled. Yeah, I am. I am. I, I, that makes sense. Sorry. I got, I did that thing where I start immediately working on a thing that I've decided I should work on and I should pay attention instead. Oh, I see. You're actually doing something else rather than paying attention to. Okay, John. That's all right. It turns out that the, the iPlayer, the iPlayer has almost no genre films on it, except for King Kong. But King Kong's a great start. Well, yeah, but it is, it's not, it's mostly, and actually, there's quite a lot I would like to see because a lot of them are caper films, and I do like a caper film. Well, they do have Night of the Living Dead. Anyway, I will. Well, we'll, we'll... I'll come back to this. Ah, uh, yeah. Come on, John. <laughs> but that all makes sense. I've never been to a Smofcon, and last week when Alison said something happened at Smofcon, she meant it. I didn't mean Conrunner, yeah. And Conrunner is kind of British Smofcon. There were two, I think, Conrunners run in the run up to Luncon 3. <gasps> they've got 12 monkeys sorry sorry <clears throat> they've also got John. wallace and gromit a grand day out and wallace and gromit a grand day out is definitely sci-fi it is but it might not still British. be there it might not still be there in november so that's something this is this is a hold that thought for the moment yeah uh 12 yeah. monkeys is on netflix for me so it might be on netflix for you so there we go yeah nothing's basically in general nothing is on netflix uk that's not a netflix original this podcast will end at the beep Beep.